I'm Carly. I wanted to share my story of anxiety, depression, recovery from all of that and how I found strength in sharing my voice and the power of being vulnerable, being authentic in sharing what you've been through with other people to lead the way. And had I been given this opportunity a year ago, two years ago, I would have cringed at the thought of even having my voice recorded. At, you know, nobody really cares about what I have to say or what I've been through. But now I'm super passionate about being truthful with who I am, being truthful with the things that I've been through and sharing it in a way that people who are currently going through what I've been through can find hope, can find strength, and can relate to a common ground of anxiety, of depression, and find hope that my healing can be your healing and vice versa. So it started when I was a little kid. I Looking back on it now, I struggled with anxiety and depression, but at the time, I didn't really know what that meant. I just knew that I felt really out of place. I felt like I just didn't fit in. Wherever I went, I always felt like an outsider, and I didn't really get it. And so that imprinted on me for a really long time. You know, I had a lot of friends growing up. I came from a great family, but there was just that lack of like talking about emotions, being okay with talking about your feelings. When I would say, you know, that I was having a hard day or like however I expressed that as a kid, probably not in the best way. You know, I was told from a very young age that, well, there's people with worse problems than you. And it was just really disregarded in a way that as a kid, I learned, okay, well, then my problems probably aren't that important. And these feelings aren't that important if people have way worse problems than me. So that was the lesson I learned about like expression, self-expression, sharing your thoughts and feelings with the people around me. I just learned that that's not what you do. That's not like we have bigger things to do. We have to work. We have to figure it out. And looking back on my childhood now, obviously, I see that I was an empath as I like identify with that now. And I was absorbing a lot of emotion around me and a lot of what was going on with my family structure, with my friends, with just life in general. And I didn't have a way to unload that on anything. I was just absorbing it into my tiny little body as a kid. And it was really manifesting in, you know, being anxious, feeling weird, seeing things, feeling things that I didn't know if other people were experiencing. And so I started to, and I didn't feel like I had a container in which to express that because I learned, well, we don't talk about our feelings, it's just not how it is. And so I started to cope really in unhealthy ways with those feelings because I didn't know how to get them out of my body. And it ended up in in self-harming myself. As a really young kid, as young as nine, I can remember um, you know, doing some self-harm coping skills because I just wanted to feel something that made me feel like anything. And if you've ever experienced like dealing with self-harm, that's just like really all that it is, is wanting to feel anything. And I did that for a little while and then I really just didn't like, and then again, I just really didn't like how I was feeling. So I was always confused around emotions and expression and feelings. So I was always a writer. I was always um, really into being creative, artwork. And so I really then began to withdraw into myself and into my teen years, I developed really significant depression that at the time felt like it came out of nowhere. But looking back, 
looking back on, you know, my life and how it had progressed, it really was like kind of a no brainer that I ended up in that space because I was feeling, um, stifled in my own voice. I was feeling unsupported. I was feeling like the world around me was really out of my control and I didn't know how to react to it. And so my body really just shut down and I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to see my friends. I didn't want to do anything. I literally wanted to disappear. And I remember thinking about like, well, how can I just disappear? And it wouldn't hurt my family and it wouldn't hurt my friends. Um, I just like don't want to be here anymore. But I didn't want to do anything like to hurt myself. I just didn't want to be around. And so at that point, I did enter into therapy, uh, which did help. And I'm appreciative of those years of having that um, or of that year, I should say, of having that support. And it really helped me understand how to better communicate my needs, how to better understand the reason why I was feeling the way I was feeling. That's something that is has always been of interest to me. Like, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? And that's probably why I went on to study psychology and became a social worker later in life. So... Fast forward a few years to my late 20s and I, you know, working as a social worker, really sort of like living this expected life. I went to college, I went to grad school, I got the jobs, I did the things and I'm left where I grew up in New Jersey to come to San Diego and start a new life and I really... You know, from the outside looking in, I had this very traditional, this very successful life that like, oh, well, she has her master's degree. She's got this great job. She's taking a promotion. She's advancing her career. And it looked seemingly like I had a great life, but I developed anxiety in a way that I had never experienced before in my childhood years, even in my early 20s when I had a few panic attacks here and there and they were really, um, really like situationally based. But this time it was different. I was having panic attacks upwards of five times a day. Some days I would lose count. I wasn't able to sleep through the night. I felt like I was having a heart attack. I went to the doctor countless times for help. And I just felt like I remember very distinctly waiting in a waiting room to go see yet another doctor about my anxiety, my panic, my phys- the physical pain that I was experiencing around all of these things. And I just felt so helpless. I wanted to collapse into myself because I knew going into that, that waiting room, into that doctor's office, that they were just gonna tell me the same thing. And that's what happened. They just, they spent, they spent five minutes with me and prescribed me another medication. And so I traveled on this road of, now, this is not to shame anyone who is currently taking medication. I think it could be in the right modality and the right context. It could be very helpful for some people. I was not listened to. I was not heard. I was just prescribed pills to get me out of the doctor's office. Is absolutely how I felt. And so at that point, I just felt so hopeless. I just wanted to stop feeling what I was feeling and just get through the day. So I started on this journey of medication and it considerably made my life worse to the point where I was waking up in the morning and as I was getting ready for work I saw myself in the mirror and I had just become such a shadow of who I thought I wanted to be and who I I had been for a long time and 
I finally got to the breaking point where I said, like, is this all there is to life? Is this what everyone's doing? Is everyone just this unhappy and this miserable and everyone's just numbing themselves? And I was like, this is not how I want to live. If other people are living that way, then that's that's fine for them. But why does this have to be my life? I felt so out of alignment with where I knew my life could be and where I wanted it to be. And so, you know, I decided at that point I had no quality of life anymore. I had no quality of life because I was medicated. I was numb. The side effects from the medication were giving me worse symptoms than my anxiety was giving me because I couldn't function. I could barely speak. Um, I used to lose feelings in my hands and my feet. And I just felt like claustrophobic in my life. And that was the breaking point when I said, you know, if this is how my life is going to be, then it's not even worth it. So I made a decision to really dive into not just numbing and passing over these feelings of anxiety, but where were they coming from? Why was this such a repeated pattern in my life? And I really started diving in and like doing the work on myself in a spiritual and a holistic way because on the parallel of my life as I'm working as a social worker I was also a yoga instructor I you know learned about Reiki I'd become a level two practitioner at that point and I said you know I have these tools I have these connections with people who can help me and I really reached out to supports and mentors and practices in a mindful holistic way because what I've learned in this journey to get anxiety and depression or really managed in my life is that you can't heal what you're unwilling to feel. And it's okay to feel these feelings. It's okay to be sad, be angry, be anxious. It's okay to feel these things as long as you really like don't change your zip code to that, to that place. As long as you don't wallow in these spaces of being depressed, being anxious. And it took a lot for me to ask for help because at that point, you know, I just felt so helpless with the help that I had received through traditional, just like traditional methods of going to the doctor, of seeking out that care. And once I did ask for help, my world didn't fall apart. In fact, it just became enhanced in ways that I didn't even know were possible when I was in, you know, the absolute rock bottom of my anxiety and wondering, like, what was this all worth? So I started through this journey of becoming a Reiki master and healing my anxiety. I started sharing my story through social media, through talking with my friends and being more open about really what was going on in my life and that I wasn't just avoiding plans because I didn't feel like going out. It's because I was, you know... I was feeling miserable and I was having panic attacks and that's why I didn't want to leave my house because I was worried something bad was going to happen if I did. And the more I reached out to people in my circle, the more I felt supported, the more people were either mirroring those experiences and saying like, yeah, I've experienced this too. Or, you know, the friends that I did share this struggle with said, okay, we get it. We understand where you're coming from. Or they just supported me and when I said, like, I have a bad anxiety day, so I don't want to go out today. Whatever it was, um, I started to feel the support. And I started to get messages from people saying, I didn't know you were going through this, but this is something that's been that I've been struggling with too. And it really helped me find power in my voice to know that 
when I was in the trenches of my anxiety, I felt so lonely and that I was weird and that no one else was going through this. And when I started to share, I connected with so many other people who said, I'm going through this too. This is what helped me. And we would share and we would connect. And it was just so beautiful to be able to come to this place of true healing and not just masking the things that I was going through. So I have found so much power (laughs) in sharing my story. And that is my goal in life. My biggest dream is to create a platform for reducing the shame around mental health and healing from mental health struggles so that people don't feel alone and that people don't feel ashamed to say, this is what I'm going through and I need help. So it's all in the power of your voice. If you think that your story is invaluable, you're so, so wrong. Your story is so valuable. Your voice is powerful and... um, Even if you start by just sharing with one person, you can, you never know who you might connect with or who you might impact. So thanks for listening. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard. And we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.